Hey there, let me grab your attention for just a moment. This episode of Toon Lord Done Right is sponsored by Anchor. Now, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And here's how. First of all, it's free. And Anchor's built-in creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And you can make money from your podcast with minimum listenership. So if you've ever thought of starting a podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, now on to the show. It was 2001 and the world had just changed forever. And a time when the sky seemed shrouded in darkness and people were legitimately scared to look up. Young people like myself wanted to feel like someone could save the world. And as if by divine providence, the world's greatest superhero team comes to the rescue. Lifted out of the darkness, I fell in love with Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and the others as they showed up on my screen. November 2021 marks the 20th anniversary of one of the greatest team-up cartoons of all time. Come with me as I celebrate the history and the impact of 2001's Justice League, the animated series. What up, fam? Welcome to Toon Lord Done Right, a podcast where I take a moment to give you a quick lesson on a film, TV show character, or concept in animation. You can call me Dave the Tutor, and I'll handle your lesson for today. If you like nerdy, cartoon, anime, and pop culture stuff, both nostalgic and new, then you're in the right place. And since you're here, you can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at ToonLordDR. You can also support me on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash ToonLordDR or by going to anchor.fm slash ToonLordDR. But more importantly, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or on my website, ToonLordDR.com so that I can share the awesome reviews with you and other people. Speaking of sharing, I had the privilege of being on the Blurred Up podcast to talk about the Justice League. For those who don't know, Blurred Up is a podcast where the host Brennan and his guests talk about nerd culture from a BPOV, a black POV, and you can find them on Instagram at B-L-E-R-D dot U-P and on their partner website, Blurred.com. You can also find the podcast and our chat about the Justice League on any platform that you enjoy podcast on. With that being said, check your syllabus, pull out your notepads, and let's jump right into the subject overview of the Justice League lesson. Justice League was an animated series made for Cartoon Network that began in November 2001 and ended May of 2004. The show enjoyed a 52-episode run, which was standard for most animated shows for the time. Following the success of Batman the Animated Series and Superman the Animated Series, we find our heroes caught in the middle of an alien invasion. Here to lend our heroes some aid are veteran superheroes The Flash, Jon Stewart Green Lantern, Hawkgirl, and newcomer to the world of men, Wonder Woman, along with Jon Jones, aka the Martian Manhunter. The first three episodes of the series, collectively known as Secret Origin, shows us how the team came to be and how they acquired the Watchtower. Coming off the popularity of the previous Batman and Superman cartoons, the Justice League had a lot to live up to, and live up to it it did. So much time and effort went into making these heroes believable and down-to-earth characters that you just could, could feel it. 
you know, to channel my inner LeVar Burton. You don't just have to take my words for it. Listen to what the story editor, Dwayne McDuffie, has to say. Plot gave us an excuse to have them fight, but it also gave our characters an excuse to talk about how they really feel about each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, there's a mind control element to it, but really the things that they're saying about their relationships and they how really they feel it. about each other, they all mean it. Mm -hmm. And we got to see them in ways that we couldn't see them otherwise. Mm -hmm. Also, in that same conversation, Bruce Timm, the former head of DC Animation Movies, and James Tucker, an African-American artist and current head of DC Animation Movies, talk about the successes and struggles of juggling so many characters. I'll link the full panel discussion in the show notes. I'm pretty proud of it. I, I think it was, uh, it was definitely a turning point for us. We were so kind of not used to, to failure. Um, this one was a real rough first season, and... Uh, so it was, it was gratifying to be able to turn it around and then feel good about the show ourselves. Well, with first season, we, we saw what we didn't want to do, which made it easier to figure out what we did want to do. It was a lot of hard work. So now that we have that proper framework, let's hop straight into the Toon Lore 101. In the Toon Lore 101, I give you a little bit of history and context of the show or film at hand, while also expanding on the people who brought the world and these characters to life. Now, to give you a little bit of that historical context that I mentioned, Justice League, the animated series, can stand on its own, but comes as a result of nearly a decade of world building. Starting with Batman, the animated series, which first aired in 1992, then being followed up by Superman that aired in 96. The creators of the Justice League had already put in the time and effort to endear many longtime fans to the series. At the time, the network was craving more teen characters like Static Shock and Batman Beyond, which is great, but the Justice League could be loved by all ages. Now, I know the production of this cartoon was years in the making, but it came at just the right time. Just months after the horrific attacks on September 11th, this show brought hope to the TV screen. Or at least it did for me. I mean, even the promo for it just screamed hope. We would be a force that could truly work for the ideals of peace and justice. Justice League, premiering November 17th at 7, only on Cartoon Network. I mean, from the music to the words that they chose to have Superman say... It just made me feel like everything was going to be okay, you know? The show took some of my favorite characters, added some animated magic, and made things happen. I liked a lot of the new stuff that they did, but I also liked that they kept a lot of the same from the older series. For example, Kevin Conroy reprised his role as Batman. To me, he is the animated Batman voice, bar none. He has been doing the voice for nearly 30 years at this point. If you were a kid back in the 90s and early 2000s, then chances are you were probably watching the animated series about the Batman. Behind every great animated hero is a great voice actor. And for me, that actor is Kevin Conroy. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. It is honestly hard for me to imagine anyone else in this role. Now, I know that other actors have tried to bring their own flair to the role, but I just can't help but compare them to the GOAT. Then we have the unbreakable, punching bag himself, Superman. <laughs> I know I joke, but if you really go back and watch the Justice League, Superman gets punched around a lot. I mean, more than anyone. 
It is my thought that the writers did this just to show how indestructible he is, but I find it hilarious. In every battle, I was like, there he goes again, getting waxed. I guess that this was the writer's way of showing just how tough he was, similar to how Wolverine always gets cut so that people can show off his healing factor. Now look, I know I just mixed Marvel and DC, but honestly, it was the best analogy that I could think of. Now, his voice actor for Justice League was George Newbern, who you may know as Charlie from Scandal and Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. What we have here is a rare opportunity for me to cut loose and show you just how powerful I really am. An interesting fact about this is that George Newbern is not the first actor to play Superman. In the animated series, it was Tim Daly who brought to life the Kryptonian Cape Crusader, but he couldn't sign on to the Justice League because he had scheduling differences. And then we have Wonder Woman, who brought some much-needed balance to the group. Compared to the others, she is relatively new to the whole superhero thing, but she's definitely no slouch. She is absolutely one of the most well-trained fighters in the bunch. Voiced by Susan Eisenberg, who you may know from her roles like Viper from Jackie Chan Adventures, Alexandra Hellings from Suspense, and Sorceress from the 2021 Masters of the Universe reboot. I try to take a day off, try to have a semblance of a normal life, but you had to pick today to rob a bank. Now, I do want to say that Susan Eisenberg's characterization of Wonder Woman is truly iconic. However, my personal favorite voice of Wonder Woman has to be Rosario Dawson from the newer Wonder Woman films. Next up is the Martian Manhunter Jean Jones, who can fly, become intangible, read minds, and has a fear of, and weakness to, fire. Voiced by Carl Lumby, who, in addition to having a number of reoccurring roles in the DC Universe, you may know him as the Witch Doctor from Diablo 3 and Marcus Dixon from Alias. I am Jean Jones. I came to warn you, but I was captured and imprisoned here. They wouldn't listen. Big surprise. I sense you do not trust me. Now, getting to the fastest thing alive, this show is what made The Flash a real character to me. Now, I didn't grow up as an avid comic book reader since there was no comic book shops in my small town. So, the Justice League made Wally West a real character for me. And this is long before I even knew who Barry Allen even was. I mean, shout out to all of my Grant Gustin fans. The Flash in the Justice League was a goofball with a good heart and makes sure that he goes out of his way to connect with people in his city. But overall, my favorite scene of The Flashes is when it's him versus the Lex Luthor Brainiac when he runs so fast that he breaks into another dimension. Now, voiced by Michael Rosenbaum, who ironically played the villain Lex Luthor in Smallville, he makes you believe that The Flash is really a down-to-earth guy. Shaira, it's so beautiful here. There's a force, a speed force. It's calling me home. I have to go now. Then there is Shyera, also known as Hawkgirl, who comes from the warrior race of the Thanagarians. She is a battle-hungry powerhouse that reels an electric mace and uses it to great effect. She has an on-again, off-again relationship with the Green Lantern that was honestly one of my favorite parts of the show. As for her voice, Hispanic actress Maria Canals Barrera brings her to life. Some of her most notable roles will be the mom, Teresa Russo from Wizards of Waverly Place, Rio Morales in The Ultimate Spider-Man, Sunset Boulevardes from The Proud Family, and Paulina from Danny Phantom. 
You fly through space all the time, but sliding down a snowy hill makes you shriek like a child? I don't see what's so special about the snow. To wrap up the voice cast, we have, in my opinion, the best Green Lantern of all time, Jon Stewart. For many, many, many years after viewing this show, I still thought that Jon Stewart was the only Green Lantern. So when Ryan Reynolds played Hal Jordan in the live-action movie, my first thought was, who's this guy? <laughs> now, I mentioned before that I wasn't an avid comic book reader, so please don't come for me just yet. <laughs> I also mentioned before that his story is inextricably tied to Hawkgirl, but what really made him stand out to me is that, at the time, he was one of the few African-American animated characters that I looked up to. I mean, particularly in the superhero space, there was really only him and Static. Ironically, they're played by the same voice actor, Phil Lamar. Now, Phil Lamar, along with Cree Summers and Steve Blum, are on my short list of favorite and most iconic voice actors of all time. He has voiced characters such as Virgil Hawkins from Static Shock, like I just mentioned, Hermes Conrad from Futurama, Ollie Williams and Judge from Family Guy, Bernard from Craig of the Creek, Judge and Jukebox DJ from BoJack Horseman, Samurai Jack, and probably and most unceremoniously, he was Marvin from Pulp Fiction. All is lost. Not while I'm standing. In brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power, Green Lantern's light. So just let his range seek in for a minute. Now, with all that business done, let's go into the hookshot. Now we've come to the portion of the show that I like to call the hookshot. This is where I watch some or all of the show or film at hand, and if I'm hooked, then I'll let you know if you need to give it a shot. Think of it as a mini-review. Now, I don't really like to give numbers or letters for my reviews, so my ratings will be skip it, try it, watch it, or binge it. Now, for Justice League, I think I'll be able to keep this short. You should definitely watch this show. It is definitely one of the classics in animation, period, but specifically for the superhero genre. If you love superhero content and have not watched this show, then you should definitely binge it. However, if you just like animation with a passing interest in people flying around in tights and spandex, then you should at least give it a try. The first three episodes give a great introduction to the premise of the show, but assumes that you already are familiar with most, if not all, of the characters. So like I said before, this is a show built on a decade of world building. So start watching the show armed with that knowledge. Now, before I let you go, I want to take you to the part of the show that I like to call the blacklight. Here, I scour the farthest, darkest corners of the internet to showcase a piece of work or artist that has piqued my interest. Today, I want to highlight the podcast, Nerding Out with Chelsea. You can find her on Instagram at Nerding Out with Chelsea, and that's Chelsea spelled C-H-E-L-S-E-A. You can also go to her website, beacons.page slash Nerding Out with Chelsea. Now, I can't remember exactly how I came across her podcast, but when I listened to it, I instantly connected. 
my favorite episode so far is episode six called Racist Animation Studios, where she goes into how some Japanese anime studios go out of their way seemingly to draw stereotypes onto black characters. Other than that, she has episodes that are dedicated to things like how she got into D&D, anime father figures, video games, and more. I highly recommend that you check out our channel right after you subscribe to Toon Lord Done Right. All members of my Patreon Discord will have access to a full list of artists that I highlight in the Black Like session of the show. So, join up now and you can see more dope work. With all that being said, this has been Toon Lord Done Right. And don't forget to like, review, share, comment, and subscribe. And I want to hear from you. Tell me something that stuck out to you from this episode and your favorite fact about the show. If you've enjoyed this episode, even go a little farther and go to ToonLordDR.com slash reviews and leave a short five-star review. You can connect with me by joining the Patreon and hitting me up on Instagram and Twitter at ToonLordDR. And finally, there's a saying that I like to leave you with. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. But today is a gift. That's why they call it the present. So... Until the next time I can give you the TLDR on a film, TV show character, or concept in animation, it's been real.